Time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Lori Pankowski. Lori is the Senior Vice President and Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Simi. How are you? Well, I'm hanging in there. I'm kind of bracing myself for this heat that's coming. It's going to be really hot the next couple days. It's going to be hot again, isn't it? And, it uh, is. and the markets are hot as well. We've got markets moving higher again. Uh, since we spoke last over the past week, the S&P is up another 1%. Uh, the Canadian markets are up another 1.2%. And most companies have now reported second quarter earnings with about 90% of them beating uh, earnings expectations. And again, we've talked about this. I mean, investors continue to look beyond uh, the risks of reopening the economy and, of course, the spread of the Delta variant. And why is that? I think that, um, you know, even with companies delaying uh, kind of the return to office plans, like even Facebook, Twitter, Google, all have announced that. We have indoor mask mandates reintroduced in Vegas and, of course, locally here in Kelowna. Markets continue to advance even with that, right? And, and so why is that? Well, I think that, you know, we're going to see vaccination efforts increase. You know, hospitalizations show that 80% of those hospitalized due to COVID are unvaccinated. So, you know, there there is an answer to this. And so let's hope that uh, more people uh, go out there and get vaccinated. And some are calling this to be the final wave in the U.S. So let's let's well, hope they're right. Simi. Yeah, no kidding, right? Let's hope that is the case. Uh, now, but talking about the markets there as well, um, I know the inflation numbers were expected. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of fear about inflation right now, isn't there? Well, there is. I mean, again, we're coming off a low point when looking at it from, you know, comparing last year to now. Uh, But July, consumer prices jumped, you know, 5.4% versus 5.3% expected. The core figure, which is excluding uh, basically oil or gas and food prices, uh, came in at about 4.3%. Again, I think uh, most of us are spending money on gas and food. So I I think it's important to to know that uh, inflation is higher. And and this is why it makes so much sense not to keep a whole bunch of money in bank accounts, right? And I, we've talked about this as well. You know, you're losing basically, you know, 4 to 5% on your money just by doing nothing with it at this time, especially while markets are advancing. So, again, you should look at your own personal situation, talk to a financial advisor, make sure that you're putting your money to work at this time. Um, and also some some good news out of the U.S. I mean, the infrastructure deal finally got passed. It's, you know, $1 trillion. This, again, uh, bodes well for the economy, right, if they're repairing roads and bridges and, and things like that. So, you know, that they're getting along and that they could actually approve this thing is uh, right. it's historical. <laughs> that, 20, that you had something like 20 Republicans vote for this package? Like, I just thought, okay, so bipartisanship isn't completely dead. Yeah, exactly. And and I did read that some of them were retiring, so they didn't have to worry about getting reelected. So uh, they did what was right, I think. And so uh, it's nice to see that. And that's also what's accelerating this market at this time. All right. Well, let's talk about an update, too, on the energy industries and oil in the markets. Like, what have we heard about that? Yeah, you know, today is another down day. I mean, we've seen oil kind of come back 13% from three weeks ago. So it's one part of the market that isn't uh, moving forward. Um, And this is, you know, what we've seen is sectors are rotating. We do see corrections within sectors. I don't think this is a reason to sell all of your oil stocks. And it may actually give you a, a chance to get into some positions that uh, you haven't been able to to get in because they've, you know, ran ahead. And the reason that it's slowing um, is because, again, uh, COVID and the uptick in cases, especially in Asia, and that could slow the global recovery in fuel demand. So, again, is this short-term or long-term? You know, um, my opinion is that it's uh, fairly short-term in nature.
Oh, interesting. Okay. Now we're also going to talk about evaluating our own portfolios because, you know, Lori, every once in a while, I get the statement mailed to me and I just take a look at it to see, is it worth more than the last time they sent me a statement? (laughs) And that's generally the investigation that I do. Yes, and, and many people do do that, and, and sometimes it's healthier to do that, actually, and, and wait for your portfolio review with your financial advisor. I mean, most people have one or two you know, portfolio reviews a year. Some people need it more often, quarterly, uh, depending on, on their situation. But again, when, when people see the TSX or the S&P 500 or the Dow, all these indices moving ahead, you know, they're, they're wondering, how, how do I compare? How is my portfolio comparing? And I think it's really important to understand how your portfolio is structured uh, while also understanding your goals and risk tolerance, right? Um, it's not... Uh uh, it's not. It doesn't make sense to just simply compare your portfolio performance to one of the leading indexes out there at this time, because most people don't have 100% invested in stocks, right? Especially those who are a little bit more conservative, those who are nearing retirement or already retired. And so you may have a bond allocation in there as well. <clears throat> just remember that if you're looking at the TSX or the S&P 500, that's 100% invested in stocks. And so there's a number of reasons why, why you don't want to do that. You want to be able to compare apples to apples and not apples to oranges. And so, again, the main reason is most people don't have 100% in stocks. Right. You have to kind of look at your own benchmark, right? What is it that you should be doing? And the other thing is just uh, with uh, currency effects as well. When you're looking at the S&P 500, the Dow, it's reporting the return in U.S. dollars. Well, as a Canadian investor, usually your performance is calculated in Canadian dollars. So you have to take that into account. And some years it's going to bode well for you and it's going to benefit you and, and increase your performance, where other times if the U.S. dollar is going down, it could hurt your performance slightly, right? So you've got to keep that in mind as well. And as I was saying, bonds versus stocks, they're definitely not the same, right? And stocks are outperforming right now. So if you have a portfolio that may have, you know, 30 40% in, in fixed income, well, then you definitely can't compare to any of the uh, indices out there. And just remember, you can't just pick the, the, the highest performing index and, and want to have that performance because things change over time. The S&P 500 has done really well over the past 10 years. Uh, but if you look at uh, the period of like 2000 to 2013, the S&P 500 barely had any return, right? And the TSX was the one to be in. So there's never, you know, a green flashing light saying get out of this index and get into that one. So most people, the prudent way to be is to be diversified and have exposure to various sectors, various currencies, and so on. You can still overweight right. certain areas. But again, uh, you know, it's not like, you know, rolling black or red and hoping that that index goes up. <laughs> So, so again, you, you need not. to make sure. Yeah, you need to make sure that you have you know a good investment strategy that again can take advantage of when markets are going up, but also cushion the blow when markets are going down. Now, you talk about active management and how important it is, but Laurie, from your perspective too, is it sometimes hard because you know clients may be like, oh, "Are we going over this again?" Like, it's hard sometimes to pin your clients down on this too, isn't it? No, I think that's why most people come to us, right? Ah. A lot of people come to us for, for many different reasons, obviously the retirement planning and all that sort of thing, but, but mostly the active management. People want to know that, you know, we all know markets are not, as I said last week, rainbows and butterflies, right? Like they're not just always going higher. And I do think people will get complacent here as markets move higher and think that they just always do. Uh, we always know there's going to be a correction. Some are minor, some are major, and some are crashes. And you need to make sure that you, 
have a strategy that can deal with that when it comes. You know, you can't say, you know, I expect a correction in a year from now or two years. You just have to have a financial team that's ready to act. So when that does happen, that they are insulating you from from big losses, especially if you're taking income out of your portfolio, especially if you're a person that can't sleep at night when you see your portfolio come down. Um, You know, 2008, 2009, I mean, that market was down for three, four years. And if you're withdrawing income out of your portfolio, that really had a a net negative effect on you. So you want to make sure that, uh, again, you have someone that's cushioning the blow. And, I mean, you look at some of these major crashes. I mean, we're back to where we were in, you know, four or five months or, you know, the worst of it, 08, 09, really within a year. Um, then, you know, that just gets people back to positive uh, that much more quickly. So so active management, to me, I believe in it so strongly because I started in the year 2000 when the tech bubble burst. And, you know, I saw technology not get back to where it was for 13, 14 years. Yeah. So you have to make changes in your portfolio. You know, just averaging down when markets are moving lower uh, it is not the answer. And so, again, that's why I feel strongly about active management and also making sure that when you're looking at your performance or how your portfolio is structured, that it's right for you. You, right? Um, because you have different risk tolerance than your friend or your neighbor or whoever you're talking about your portfolio to. And people who are, you know, possibly too high in equities because they have FOMO, right? If you're missing out, uh, can end up really hurting themselves when markets uh, move lower. So you want to make sure that your yeah. portfolio is structured appropriately, appropriately for you and you have a financial team that will, you know, take charge if things, uh, if things change in the markets. All right. As always, great advice. Thank you, Lori. Thanks, Jimmy. Lori Pinkowski, Making Sense of the Markets, the President and Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. And remember, you can contact her team directly, 604-695-LORI, or visit their website at pinkowski.ca.